Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation to Freedom's Path Recovery Society. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing their services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality and sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path or any other organization. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, Huradene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. My friend Chris is here to share his story, and I, it's really nice to have you here, man. I don't think I've ever heard your story. No? I don't think I have. I think, oh. I mean, obviously I've gotten to know you Did through you bring the years. Your Dude, I am in a comfy chair. Yeah. This comfy chair is designed for uh, however long it takes. <laughs> and oh. I've slept here many times. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, not when anyone's talking, but I have definitely slept in this chair and on that couch before. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Sometimes we end up working way too much, right? And yes. Oh, dude, we need to I nap. I, I've been... My job role has changed so much in the last few. I'm still with, like I've been with the same company for eight years, right? Okay, yeah. Um, oh, you're still with the same guys, eh? Same group. Still there. Nice man. Good yeah, for you. Right? Yeah. It's like wow, I'm still with the same place. I've been there since 2013. Excellent, man. Yeah. Right you on. Know. Yeah, and it's just been, and so I went from installer to warehouse manager to facilities and maintenance guy and now I wear an installer hat again mm-hmm. and project management hat and still facilities and maintenance and mm-hmm. uh, boy yeah, it's just busy yeah and I'm, oh and I'm also the boss's um as he as he called me in front of a bunch of other guys his right hand man to do all the other stuff around his for his place so mm-hmm. I'm like oh, okay fine so mm-hmm. yeah it's good it's it's good I like yeah busy so, as shit eh it seems like it, yeah. Every yeah. time I turn around, I got something new to do. And then I just got told, I used to do a contract for, uh, when I did a lot of work up north years mm-hmm. ago. You remember that when I was going up there all the time? Yeah. Uh, shortly after I sobered up, I was doing all that camp work. And uh, for one of our bigger oil companies in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to put a shameless plug in for anything. No, it's so, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they got a job coming up next, the week after next or the week after this coming week, and they asked for me by name to come run the job. Oh, wow, man. Good for you. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay. I shouldn't I shouldn't say, oh, wow, as if I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, right. Yeah, but... You're a hardworking guy, man. It's not a surprise that people would want you to work with them. Yeah. So Well, and it's yeah. like, and this weekend I was supposed to do much of fencing today. I have horses coming at the end of the month because uh, I there's a, organization out by sundry bear valley rescue they rescue mm-hmm. horses from oh uh, bad situations or yeah that are abandoned or whatever and so we've been fostering horses the last few years okay and uh we didn't do it last year did it the year before uh and after the first year that uh, my wife and i did it together there they, they come and they picked up these horses and when they first dropped them off 
don't know if you've ever seen how the wild horses look in the spring. A bit mangy sometimes, right? Mangy and yeah. really thin. Yeah, like yeah. Like sometimes a rack of bones. Yeah. Well, this is what these guys look like coming out of this rescue society. Oh, wow. And it was nothing to do with the rescue. No, it's where they got them from. It's where they got them from. And yeah. like, well, they'd had them for a few years, but they were older horses and were pushed out of the herd. And so they weren't getting the food that they needed and stuff. So they said, will you take them for the summer? Mm -hmm. By the time they came, picked them up, they looked like they, well, the one horse uh, had put on, I'd say, between six and 800 pounds. Wow. And then the other one, she was so skittish around people, I could walk up and catch her by the end of the summer. Mm -hmm. Like just totally different horses. Yeah. And so they asked us if we'd do it again. And uh, last year, dealing with the gentleman we're trying to deal with, uh, pasture with it just ended up being too late and everything mm -hmm. else and then this year um the rug kind of got pulled out from under us again uh for putting, putting horses in that pasture that, again luckily i have pasture for my cattle down the road mm. so i'm just like you know what i'm just gonna throw those horses there bring them yeah so i gotta talk to the land uh where i'm renting pasture from be like so can i put a couple horses here too because mm -hmm. they're fine with cows right yeah you know i just i think i'm sure they'll be fine with horses too so yeah so yeah, I was supposed to do a bunch of fencing today, but that got kiboshed, mm. and I was like, which is fine, because it was crappy out all day, and I really didn't want to be doing it in the rain. <laughs> no doubt, man. I just, uh, and then, so that tomorrow I got to go work on uh, um, automatic waters and get all mm. that stuff set up. And yeah. It's a good thing I grew up doing all that kind of stuff. Well, I was going to say, man, you're like, this is coming full circle. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah. Like, I grew up cowboying and doing all that mm. kind of stuff with dad, and training horses, and working cattle, and you know, all that stuff. And here I'm back doing it again. And mm -hmm. I got horses and cows and chickens and ducks and dogs and cats. And mm -hmm. well, I just for the record, I freaking love ducks. Yeah. Ducks are freaking the best. They're well, like, I just saw some video of you leading some little baby ducklings around. Right? Yeah. They're, they're like a month old now. And they yeah. still like when they were first hatched, they follow you around like nothing. Yeah. They're the your mom, right? Thing. Yeah. Well, because we got them when they were hours old. Mm. So, like, they had hatched, and we went and picked them up. Yeah. And so, yeah, they were following me around the That's around awesome. the yard and stuff. And I was just like, I love these things. These are the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I just got to make sure that the coop that I built is predator-proof, so the mm. cougars and bears and all that kind of stuff. Because I live, yeah. like, you know, south of Bragg Creek on, mm -hmm. on the ranch out there. So, out there at our place, behind our house is Kananaskis. Yeah. So, there's no... Like there's, you get bears and cougars and everything foxes and every wolves and every, yeah. all the stuff. Right. So yeah, yeah it's uh sure a different life than what it was, you know, nine years ago when I came into the rooms, that's for sure. Yeah, man. Tell us about it. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I, yeah. Okay. So how do we want to do this? Is it like a, is it a, like me just, is there a question and answer or what do you, you want? Just, how do you... you just tell your story, man. And I'll poke my nose in it along the way and poke away yeah i'll engage of course i'll ask questions along the way but yeah, yeah. you just tell us your story man and we'll, well go with that uh, well it all started out uh, uh let's see i was born at a young age and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna get the revelations version of <laughs> right yeah i was actually just talking to my kiddo about the book of revelation day how christ was a cowboy oh yeah anyway <laughs> she looked at me she was like what anyways uh yeah i like it so, um, yeah, born March 2nd, 1979 in Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta. Um, oh, I should start off with my sober date is November 9th, 2011. Mm, right I on, always man. like to start off when I'm telling my story about that because then that way people know I actually have a sober date. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm yep. not speaking from 
no experience whatsoever. Mm. It's not like it's, you know, May 2nd of 2020 or whatever, yeah. 20, or 2021, I guess we're now, but yeah, I know. So I got a few years, tw- a few 24 hours under my belt over the years, but um, yeah. Born March 2nd, 1979, Fort Saskatchewan uh, to a, um, it was a really messed up situation. Mm. Uh, my biological mother was a drug addict and alcoholic. Um, and as soon as she had me, basically four days later, she took off mm. and left me, abandoned me in a, in a, um, her apartment. Mm-hmm. It was more, um, prominent to her, more the pull of the pull of addiction, basically, as I, as I, yeah. as I come to realize, uh, to go drink and drug was more overpowering than looking after the, mm-hmm. the, the life that she had in her hands. Right. So. Man, it gets uh, pretty dark, doesn't it? It does, yeah. yeah. It's so I, I, you know, I hold no ill will. I totally mm. now years, all these years later, I get it, right? Um, no, no control over the mm-hmm. over over her the craving and and the, the obsession to go over drink and use. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she abandoned me, uh, left, and four days later, uh, RCMP and social services kicked in the door. Um, and there I was, young baby laying in the crib with bottles and shitty diapers and, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff. Um, and they called her parents who lived in Drumheller, uh, and they wouldn't take me. Mm-hmm. They, they wanted nothing to do with, with, uh, with who I was or with, with me or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to my biological grandmother's um, credit, because she knew that it would be no life for me to go live with them. Yeah. Uh, because my biological grandfather... Uh, alcoholic mm-hmm. um and uh a guard at the drumheller pen and was a very very hard man mm-hmm. he grew up uh, and spent a lot of time in the scottish military uh this is all stuff i've learned over the years i've never met yep. him yep. Uh, but i've just i've you know over the years stuff has been told mm-hmm. to me and uh when i was actually really young i found it i was adopted but um yeah so i found all this stuff and uh it was to her to her credit that she didn't, they didn't take me in because yeah. it would have been a rough, a rough life on a, on a young mm. kid. Um, so I was put into the system, uh, to be adopted. Uh, so I went into, in the hospital and right away surgeries because I had hernias, like I was herniated mm. and stuff like that from all the crying and wasn't mm-hmm. looked after. And, um, malnourished and, and all kinds malnourished of Malnourished. Yeah. yeah. Bad. Like it was, yeah. I was, I was a very sick, sick little baby. Mm. Uh, and I grew up to be a very, very sick young man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> My wife's going to listen to this. She's like, you're so terrible. Stop. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. She knows the stuff that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> well, she would, she would definitely know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she does. But, uh, so then, yeah, I was uh, a very sick little guy. And then, uh, my mom and dad, uh, who I, who I was adopted into and who I've, they've been mom and dad for my whole life. Um, they got, they were foster parents and they got the phone and they were actually getting out of fostering young kids, but they, uh, got the phone call about me and, uh, they had lost their son years before in a farm accident. Mm-hmm. Um, so they thought, why not? Here's our chance. Let's have a, let's, let's get ourselves a boy. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, so yeah, they, they took me in and, and adopted me. Um, and I never seen my mom again. She came once uh, with the biological father, who was a gigantic biker dude mm-hmm. um, from up around the that area, Edmonton, Leduc, mm-hmm. wherever. 
And uh, yeah, never seen them since. I, mean, I don't know where they are or what they were or whoever or nothing. And um, yeah, so I grew up uh, in a very, you know, loving home, uh, semi, you know, uh, faith-based family at the mm -hmm. time. Uh, grew up on a farm and, you know, doing all the stuff with dad and, you know, outside and working cows and horses and um, chickens and pigs and turkeys and llamas and you name it, we had just about every mm -hmm. old McDonald's farm kind of thing, right? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and then I started working on the farm for dad when I was eight. That's the mm -hmm. year I started working. I was eight years old. I started working, uh, learn how to drive tractor and learn mm -hmm. how to do all the stuff and work and clean barns and all the, all the stuff. Um, yeah, it was a good childhood. I do not begrudge anything with it because mm -hmm. it was, man, it was a, you know, it was hard. Um, yeah. And like I say, dad was a, a good teacher, uh, strict. This is how you do it, and this is how it's going to get done. Um, and mom, of course, was the farm wife, but she had her own business in town too. That she, mm. well, she not first, first she worked in town, and then uh, years later she bought a business and she owned her own restaurant for a lot of years. Um, and dad worked on the farm, and he worked two other jobs besides mm -hmm. to make things go. Yeah. Uh, drove school bus and then worked in a, well, for a while, worked, drove school bus and drove a gravel truck and then worked in a mechanic shop for a mm -hmm. lot of years after. Just got another driving truck. Um, yeah, so I grew up in a very loving family, four older sisters. Um, yeah, and then there was me come along. And then uh, from there on, it was, um, you know, pretty much status quo. Uh, had my first drink. When I was I'm trying to think how old I was at that event, 11, 12 years old, mm -hmm. my first drink was 12 and I got floor licking drunk mm -hmm. my first time on Jack Daniels. The first thing I ever drank was Jack Daniels. I got fucking fire eyed. Well, anyone who drinks Jack Daniels with, uh, with enough fervor will get floor licking drunk. Every time. <laughs> Every time. Every time. <laughs> Every, like, man. I, I tried to, to best it for 18 years, but I couldn't do it. To, you know, like, just me and Jack just never got along. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was my drink of choice for years mm. and years and years. That's what I drank. I just, I, you know. Was it proximity? Is that why? Just because that's what was around kind of thing? No. Nobody else really nope. drank it. Yeah. I just, I liked it. Um, mm. and to me back growing up back then, I grew up, I was watching the cowboy shows with dad and that's what they drank was Bourbon sour mash whiskey, whiskey and yep. Yep. sour mash. So that's what you, that's what I wanted to drink. Mm -hmm. I, was, I want to be them cowboys. I want to drink the sour mash, mm -hmm. not realizing that that's not what really made you a cowboy, but Hey, I was like, that's what I thought. Right. But yeah, I, so that's what I stuck with for a lot of years that, and of course you're, you know, whatever, but, uh, and then high school and, um, you know, my, that, uh, it was uh, it was a lot of years. It, it was my drinking was quote unquote normal for a mm -hmm. lot of years um, because mom and dad were pretty serious about you behave yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, don't embarrass yourself, don't embarrass us, don't embarrass yeah. yourself. Just keep toe the line kind of thing. So I did, and then um, yeah, by the time I got to eighteen, uh, my drinking was starting to really get. Progress, like progress mm. to a certain point, right? And I was like, and dad, dad pulled me aside and said, either you straighten up or you got to go. Mm. And he goes, I love you. I want to see you succeed. He goes, just put the plug in the jug here kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. 
he gave me a hug and said, I love you. Can you do this? And I just said, you're done. And I packed my stuff and I left. Mm. Like hurt the family mm -hmm. big time, right? Because I was the only boy and I was helping on the farm and doing all the stuff. And I just pulled, pulled the pin and I, I left. I was mm -hmm. like, you guys don't can't do it. I can't. I'm not going to stick around if you're not going to support me. So I left. Mm. And uh, yeah, dad and I didn't speak for a while. A couple, uh, year and a half, I think it was. My dad and I didn't speak. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, I kind of carried on and I was, you know, alcoholic's dream working in a bar. Mm -hmm. That's what I had a, a job working in a bar. Uh, and I was also, shortly after, I was working in a lumber mill too and everything mm. else. And that crowd, there's a lot of the, the drinking crowd involved in that. And phew, here we go, right? Mm. And off to the races, I was gone. Um, living on my own with a buddy of mine and carrying on, right? And then um, from there it was, uh, you know, doing my thing for a couple of years and dad and I didn't really, still didn't speak. I'd see him mm -hmm. once in a while when I'd pop to the farm for family events, but it was pretty cold and callous between yeah. both of us. And then uh, October 23rd, 99, I got into a real bad car accident. Um, and just about died. Like mm -hmm. I broke my neck, shattered my jaw, broke mm -hmm. both legs. I was in ICU for four or five days and then in, in the hospital for another three weeks mm -hmm. or better. I got out December 23rd, right before Christmas of that year. So I was in the hospital for five, five six weeks. Um, jaw wired shut and the whole shebang. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I was hammered when I got into the accident, drinking yeah. and driving. And, uh, Cops didn't press charges because they figured I was going to die. Mm -hmm. So they were like, no, no sense going after him. He's going to, he's gonna, not going to make it anyways. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there was, you know, the, the second time that, you know, my higher power kind of stepped in and was like, no, 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 we still got a purpose for you yet. Mm -hmm. You're not taking you out of this equation yet. So, mm -hmm. and then, um, yeah, after that, I, it, people always are amazed at this. I, Went, moved back home. My dad and I made an amends and, mm -hmm. you know, we, uh, I told him, you know, this is, this is it. I'm done doing all that crazy, stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I actually went to Bible college for two years or a year mm -hmm. and dad was happy, happy. That's the, he thought this is where the, okay, good. He's going to go up there and, mm -hmm. you know, do his thing and find a wife and settle down and all the stuff. And I stayed there for a year. Then all of a sudden I, I couldn't afford to go anymore because it was all student loans and second year I was like well I'm not doing that because that's expensive and mm -hmm. um yeah all of a sudden the last night of bible school all of a sudden I I'd, I couldn't do it anymore mm -hmm. I went down to the local watering hole and got myself completely obliterated mm -hmm. stumbled back to my dorm room in bible college and slept for a day you know and it's mm -hmm. like holy crap I was just loaded but uh yeah and then from there it was uh you know uh, my dream job that I wanted mm -hmm. uh, kind of came into play. I went back home, moved back home for a bit, and I started working for the town. Uh, and then I got on the volunteer fire department there mm -hmm. and then did that for two years there. And then I moved back to the, the college town again because I was thinking I should go back to college and straighten up here and mm -hmm. get, out of, get away from all this kind of crazy people and stuff and all the craziness I was getting involved in and uh, joined the... It was a paid on call fire service up there. So I thought mm -hmm. I'll join there and do that. And, um, yeah, it was going really well. And, uh, next thing I was, um, you know, working full time and doing the fire thing full time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, my drinking kind of kept, 
you know, once in a while, you let loose on the weekends mm-hmm. and everything else. And um, progressively, it was getting, you know, looking back now, I could see it progressively getting more and mm-hmm. more and doing more and more stuff and getting involved in, you know, just, and, and uh, in the fire service wise, I, when I was there, I was on, mm-hmm. right? But when I was when I wasn't around that, and I didn't have to be working or anything else, mm-hmm. I was off to the races. You know, um, the progression was getting more and more so. And then um, to add to it was the the stress, the the things I'd see on calls, mm-hmm. right? Because we were a rescue department as well, so we were, I was seeing stuff. And no, there was no, and not to not to blame anybody up there, but there was no um, there was no uh, reaching out to say, how you doing? Mm-hmm. That was, that wasn't a thing back then. Right. Yeah. They weren't checking on your mental health. It was pull yourself up by your bootstraps mm-hmm. and keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. The mental health stuff is re- recent. It's it relatively is. recent within first responders. For it, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause I've been out of it for well, 10, just 10 or yeah. 11 years now. And it's been in that last 10 or 11 years that it's yeah. really been pushed to the forefront. Yeah. And before then, it wasn't. It wasn't. Maybe even the last five. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably you're probably right. It's yeah. more than more the last five, because yeah. uh, I still have. Well, my wife's on the uh, fire department out where we live, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I really I appreciate how they handle mm-hmm. stuff, and they're really proactive with it. Yeah. Uh, whereas back then, that's good news. Good to hear that. It, it is, yeah. yeah. Like, even in a smaller department like they have, mm-hmm. they're very proactive. Like in back, like I said, back when I was doing it, yeah, it wasn't. Ta- it was it was taboo to talk about that stuff. Yeah, I just right? heard about a fireman who took his life. I think this yes past and week. I think a lot of the guys that I know uh, know him. Oh, I, really? I never knew him, but like yeah. my wife and a lot of the guys in her department, they knew him because they work with Calgary quite yeah. a bit, right? PTSD, and right? It was totally PTSD. Yeah. 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 I well, I shouldn't say that, but I'm. I'm well, that's the, that's the report I read to you. That's yeah. what I read. Too, yeah, that. and just reading between the lines of everything, yeah. I just kind of figured it. But, and it's sad, right? Like I look, I look at it and go, that could have been me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, after ten years of, you know, fire medical, mm-hmm. uh, doing all the stuff and whatever, like that could have been me because man, it got dark for years. Yeah, I bet. You know, um, but yeah, so I got into the the paid on call fire service. Did that for a long time, and um, you know, it's funny because like even. Uh, before then, because like when I was younger, I was involved in rodeo and stuff like that, and then the fire department, and that, and then I got involved with like the Calgary Policemen's Rodeo Association mm-hmm. for a bit with my buddy. I did a little bit of stuff for them, bullfighting and whatever mm-hmm. behind the shoots work, and enjoyed it. Like it was immensely, it was so fun, um, and I loved it. Like it was, it was you know a good group of people, but like I say, you, nobody ever talked about mm-hmm. your drinking. They didn't say anything to you, or no mental health stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, near the near the end of my my tenure with the fire department, um, people started to really sit there and look at my drink and go, "Man, are you okay?" Like it was starting to affect my my fire career. Um, I was getting really unreliable. Um, a couple times, probably showed up with booze in my breath mm-hmm. to a call. Um, you know, just just not good. Like just unprofessional and mm-hmm. stuff like you know a guy could be charged with nowadays right yeah. um but back then guys just like oh we'll just just put him do this and he's you know get him out of the way kind of yeah thing. just don't let him drive yeah basically <laughs> yeah. right yeah basically yeah throw a ba on so no one can smell your breath kind mm-hmm. of thing right and and uh yeah it was it was <laughs> a lot of it was just kind of swept under the rug and i talked mm-hmm. about it. and then near the end it was a there was a bad call we got to and it was us the rcmp and and ems and it was it was bad um, 
and we had we'd shut a major highway down for mm. to extricate uh, and do everything of, of uh, this for this call and that one messed me up mm. I was done you know um, I won't get into detail or anything but it was um, it was it was like a war zone basically mm. when he walked into it it was just I, I I'll never forget it mm. ever ever in my life and uh, yeah so we we got back and I took about a month away from department. Mm. Um, I actually went and talked to our chaplain and sat down with him. And I sat down with uh, one of the uh, doctors at the hospital who mm. dealt with mental health back then. I was trying to do something about it, yeah. right? And uh, but nobody could; they couldn't get it. Mm. Like, and and that's no no slam against them. Uh, they weren't trained in that, mm. right? Because you have to have. Like now, we know nowadays, you have to have special training to deal with that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, to debrief on it. And we had a big debrief with uh, some counselors out of a uh, city from up north. And uh, I remember sitting in the debrief, and I got a slap on the back, and I just was told, welcome to the world of PTSD. Mm. They said it could be a cat in a tree, or it could have been something else, but mm -hmm. welcome to it, and just pull, basically just pull up your bootstraps and keep going. Mm. And I was like, I, I can't. There's no way. That is such a problematic approach to this stuff it, it so is right yeah. and, I, and i just was like holy smokes man like you're kidding me yeah that's your answer and i was i i only thing i knew how to do after after that that meeting that night was go drink myself to oblivion mm -hmm. and i did that for i took time off of my work and time off the fire department and i sat in my apartment and drank mm -hmm. and drank and drank and uh i remember going up to the this is and also too uh, because of my position and station with, you know, the healthcare professionals telling knew who I was, mm -hmm. I was going to get prescription pills. Mm -hmm. I just go to the ER and get them. Yeah. Right. And they'd be like, well, you're not abused. You know, you're not drinking with this or I'm like, no, no, I just, I need something to help me with this or help me mm -hmm. sleep or da da. And I was abusing, I was abusing that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's where my prescription pill addiction started too, mm -hmm. was in there. And so, <laughs> you know, I'd go and get those refilled every when I could, I didn't want to push it too much mm -hmm. and this and that. And I was living in a, you know, by myself in an apartment and I just, yeah, it was just for six weeks, just drinking mm -hmm. myself into, into a stupor every day. And that, I didn't know how else, how else to deal with it. And there was nobody yeah. else that could help me. And then finally one, one day I was, I was wanting to take my life. Mm -hmm. I was living on a, a fourth floor and I was looking out the window going, I should just jump. Mm -hmm. And I called myself in on uh, 911 and my buddy, and it was funny because the ambulance came to pick me up. I met him downstairs. They looked at me and went, oh, who are we here to get? And I said, me. And I just walked into the back of the ambulance and sat mm -hmm. down. And my buddy was working the ambulance. He looked at me. He goes, what? What's going on? And so I told him. Uh, and he was just like, holy crap, dude. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then I was in the hospital for a week, a um, week and a half, trying to get straight, right? Mm -hmm. And, of course... There's no sense of honesty at that time for who I was because I was an alcoholic, right? I'm like, no. I'm not telling you guys I'm drinking too much. No, no. way. You know? And, uh, yeah, it, so I was in there and, you know, a little bit of a reprieve and, and tried to kind of dry out and get mm -hmm. myself kind of feeling a little bit better. And I went back to work. And it was, wasn't much long after that that I packed it all in. I mm -hmm. went and talked to the chief and just said, I need to, I need to step away. I can't do this anymore. And that was after, you know, a 10 or 12 year career. I just said, mm -hmm. I can't do it. I just, there's no way. And, uh, yeah, I 
moved out of that town totally and went and hid behind a welding helmet for a couple of years. Mm. Um, moved to a different town and um, continued on with with the drinking and the drugging and everything yeah. else. And, and uh, the drugging got worse. Um, it was, you know, my mental health was extremely um, shaky at best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't like to say the word triggered, but a lot of things were mm-hmm. easily to, to, to make me choose to drink, yeah. you know, uh, but I was, oh, it was, it was, it was dark, um, hiding behind a welding helmet, going home mm-hmm. and, and working, trying to get on the night shift so I could just stay away from people. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I'd work night shift and I'd, you know, go get home at, you know, four or five in the morning and I'd drink until eight or nine and I'd sleep until one and go to mm-hmm. work and. I continued on for quite a long time, and then all of a sudden I found cocaine. Wow. Mm. Here I went. I was off to the stinking races mm-hmm. for, oh, you know, that took me to a, a different level, yeah. right? And it was, yeah, finally. And then I, then I, it was funny because as the progression went down, or the progression went, mm-hmm. you'd find more people who were like, I, you know, put myself mm-hmm. around people who were like-minded like myself. Yeah. And so I was all of a sudden moved out of my place by myself because all my money was going to booze and dope. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't afford it. So I was like, well, I'll move into these guys. Mm-hmm. And oh, did that cause a whole new... <laughs> what, what at one point was the answer to my problem. <laughs> right? It became, became the it, nail in my coffin. It basically did. <laughs> you know, like... And then I got it. Oh, just it was so bad. I, I, it it was <laughs> so the the drinking got, you know, it was constant, mm-hmm. and the drugging was constant. It was, what whether it was you know, what we were putting stuff up our nose or mm-hmm. whatever, um, uh, whatever we we're doing, and traveling around to you know Red Deer, mm-hmm. Calgary, and Olds, and here and there and everywhere, and just getting into con like just trouble everywhere we could go. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, I ended up um, going back to see some old buddies and party with them. And then I uh, got arrested for, for DUI. Mm. I was, you know, I don't know how many times over the legal limit. It was, I, I was like a 0. 0.2. Mm. Like it was, it was high, 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 yeah. way over the legal limit. And uh, luckily they didn't find, because I, 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 I had, there was drugs in the vehicle, but they didn't find them. Um, but yes, then I spent, um, seven days in incarcerated in the remand in Red Deer. Mm-hmm. And all I could think about was getting out and taking a drink. Yeah. All I could think about. I didn't care, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they put me on, uh, on the, the gang unit in Red Deer. Hmm. Yeah. That's where I was and big bad dudes in there. And I just, I, I was, I didn't care. I didn't keep, mm-hmm. couldn't keep my mouth shut either. Yeah. Back off. And I was just like, and one guy's like, dude, you're going to get killed in here. Like, mm. you know, and what did the cop, like, what did, mm. you know, I didn't care. What they didn't realize is that you kind of wanted to. I did. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. That's where my mental health was, is I just, I, I didn't care yeah. about my, myself. And I thought if I'm going to, if I'm going to go, I'm taking somebody with me. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was my mental, my men- mentality. Right. Um, but yeah. So I ended up doing uh, seven days there. The first three days were in segregation and the rest of the time was in, in the, up on the gang mm. unit in general population. That seems like a bad place to put a normie. Right? But I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not a prison person. So <laughs> like, seems like a bad idea though. Oh, it was like, 
there was like and, and there was all walks of life in there too. Mm-hmm. Like there's the native guys, there's the, the biker guys, mm-hmm. everybody was in there. And they're all waiting to get shipped off to provincial or federal mm-hmm. pen. And I didn't know what was happening with me. Um, and I didn't care either. Um, but yeah, luckily my sister uh, and her husband posted a bond and got me out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I got a, a lawyer. You know, I still got convicted of, you know, did my mm-hmm. time of suspended license and all the stuff. And uh, But yeah, I got out of there and I had conditions up the wazoo of what I could and couldn't do. And I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Just carried on like your life is normal, drinking and drugging and doing all the stuff. And yeah. cops showed up at my house once to check on me. And I was, you know, I could smell the liquor on my breath and there was dope in the house. And my first thought was, you come to my house, man, mm-hmm. there's going to be a fight. Because I, like, I knew that if, if they mm-hmm. caught me with what I had in my house, I'd be, I'd be going to jail for eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, because there was a lot of dope in there. Because <laughs> um, I, I was getting into trying to make more money so I could drink and drug more. So I was, you know, peddling some dope here mm-hmm. and there. And I had enough that if I'd have got caught, I'd have been in big, big trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, I had thousands of dollars worth of different kinds of drugs in my mm-hmm. house. And I would have been in big, big, big trouble. And so... Um, yeah, trafficking means you can't travel, bud. Yeah, right. Like, like ever, ever. Yeah, like, and then to me that would, that would suck. Like I, yeah. I've already got as soon as all this everything opens up again, the wife and I want to go to, mm-hmm. you know, Cuba and do stuff, and want to go to Mexico. Yeah. And, you know, I want to go to Scotland, and we want to go everywhere. And like, mm-hmm. never would I be able to if yeah. anything would have happened with that, right? But, Very lucky. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and like I say, God knows better than me. He was mm-hmm. trying to use. Come on, just let's keep him on the straight and narrow here mm-hmm. and try to sell some semblance of it. And uh, that was I, that's when I should have realized that there was a big issue going on in my head here. Mm-hmm. Like some, like things were bad. Um, and yeah, from there it was, uh, you know, I, I finally I quit going to my my job well at the welding shop. I just I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. You know, I sat there and and just locked myself in my room. My roommates were. And they were, you know, carrying on like I was, but they were just mm-hmm. like, but I was on that downward, downward spiral, yeah. right? And they were like, dude, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, there's, there's, where's all the booze that was in the house? Mm-hmm. Where's all the dope? Like, everything's gone. I don't know. You know, and I remember uh, one day I woke up and it was a, it was a, it was a Tuesday. And this is right before I hit my bottom. I woke up. And I was kind of stumbled around the house and I was in a fog and I thought, you know what, if I'm still alive at the end of the week, I'll look for help. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I carried on for two more days and I woke up on the Thursday and on the nightstand beside my bed was a bottle and a gun and a phone. Mm-hmm. Three things were sitting on the, on the night table beside my bed and the bottle was empty. The gun was loaded. Mm-hmm. And the phone was charged. Hmm. I picked up the phone. Uh, I called a friend of mine who was living in the city here. And she's like, get to the hospital. That's what you need to do is get to the hospital. So I was living in Olds. I walked across town, walked by all the bars, all the liquor stores, got to the hospital. Because I woke up that morning. And as I woke up and I was looking at the three things on the night table, I audibly heard a voice that said, just stop. Mm-hmm. Chris, just stop. And God was talking to me that day mm. and just, just stop, just, just stop. Just, and so I, I did. And I walked over to, walked to the, the old hospital 
and I got um, scared the crap out of the the nurse at the front desk because I I looked rough, mm-hmm. like I was probably maybe a hundred pounds, you know, jaundiced skin, mm-hmm. um, very un. I looked like I looked like you know just just very yeah. unkept, right, and just sick. And she uh, she looked up, can I help you? And she oh hi, and I'm like, I'm Chris and I. I'm an alcoholic. I need help. Mm-hmm. So they put pulled me in there, and a uh, doctor came and saw me. Then the paranoia kicked in, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, I'm in such big trouble because I'm under conditions. And here I am, an alcoholic, and there's drugs in my system and everything mm-hmm. else. They're gonna call the cops, and and I finally, I just laid, I gave up. I laid there and I was like, whatever. If it's gonna happen, mm-hmm. it's gonna happen. I just, I don't care anymore. And so they kept me in for observation. They phoned Renfrew for me. Mm-hmm. Got a bed held for the next morning at seven thirty. My friend who was living in Calgary drove all the way out to Olds, uh, picked me up. I detoxed that first night at her house with nothing. Mm-hmm. Man, was I sick. My bad. Oh, man. I was just, I thought I was going to die. And it's not a off. good feeling, man. Oh, <laughs> like, I hope I never forget that. I hope I never, ever forget that, me you too. know. Um, and that's the thing is the further away I get, like, I don't remember what it feels like to be hungover. Mm-hmm. But the further away I get from that day, I still don't forget how I felt that first time I started mm-hmm. detoxing. Yeah. I won't, and I, and I, I'm glad. It's a fucking nightmare, man. Oh, like <clears throat> shaking and jumping and jiving and Fuck. sweating and... Juking and ducking and... Oh, like <laughs> shitting yourself and everything. Like, mm-hmm. I'm serious. Like, it was bad. And I felt so bad for my friend. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And mm-hmm. she's like, it's okay. She goes, let's just get you... Let's mm-hmm. get, get you on the path to get well. So they took me in. I ran through and, and there I was, I was, um, that was kind of the, that was the start. And I, I got into there and I, um, you know, didn't really look back. Mm-hmm. I, I remember sitting there, I was in there for five days and I remember talking to one of the in, or counselors in there and they got me hooked up with the uh, uh, treatment center in the city here. And I remember they just asked me, are you done? Mm-hmm. Like, are you done? And which to me, I'm like, I was like, what? And I, I had no idea, but that was a question straight out of the big book. Are yeah. you, are you done? And I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done. Like I've, I can't do this anymore. And, uh, I was listening to this. They had brought speakers in and, uh, I listened to them and there's some of them, they were telling, they were telling my story mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, I'm so screwed. You know? Yeah. And, uh, a lot of these guys had like, you know, a year or two or whatever, and I'm, th- I'm thinking to myself, there's no freaking way you have a year mm-hmm. sober. Who does that? Yeah. Willingly. Why? Why yeah. would you? Why? Will- willingly? Come on. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, must have some sort of medical condition. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you do. You're an alcoholic. It's a medical condition. <laughs> you know. It sure is. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. But yeah, so I got taken into the, the treatment facility that I went to. And uh, I sat down on my, on my intake day and they said, we think your best bet is if you stay for a year. Will you mm-hmm. sign a contract? And I was like, sure. They said, that still doesn't mean we can't kick you out. I went, okay, what do I got to do? Stand on my head in the corner? Like, mm-hmm. what do you want? Like, I, I, I want nothing to do with my old life anymore at all mm-hmm. whatsoever. Okay, we'll see. And I did whatever it took, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, I started going to, outs- like, meetings outside and started doing the, I started, and right away I started on the step work, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I've been accused of being a big book thumper over the years. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> that book saved my life, man. Whatever works for you, man. <laughs> you know, 
like that <laughs> that book saved my life mm-hmm. and and some and you know along with people in the rooms and stuff like that and you know I have uh, you know made a lot of friends over the years but and so started going to meetings and and listening to people and mm-hmm. I remember uh, the common room that you and I share there's that one sign there that says mm-hmm. you're no you're no longer alone mm-hmm. I remember the first time I looked at that I was like what in the what and I, I didn't get it mm-hmm. right and I get it now, but then I was just like, I don't understand what everybody's talking about. And I sat there and I listened and, uh, gratefully, as I look back, they let me spew Hmm. the stuff I need to get off my chest in in the meetings back then, because I had no idea what, what was, Mm -hmm. you know, meeting etiquette or anything. I just need to get, I need to talk. I need to, to, to get stuff off my chest. Right. And, uh, yeah. And I remember, but I was also very, still, still very angry. You know, at, at myself, at I, I let my family down. At what have what have I become? And mm-hmm. you know, I have a record now, and all this stuff. And and uh, this one old timer said to me, he goes, "When you go home, go to bed tonight." He goes, "Do you believe in God?" I said, "Yeah, I think so. I don't know." Mm-hmm. Blah blah. And he goes, "Throw your goddamn boots under your bed, and when you know, and when you're down there throwing them, he goes, say a prayer. Mm-hmm. In the morning, when you're getting your boots out from under your bed." Stay there on your knees and say a prayer again. Mm-hmm. He goes, get it started. Okay. And that, that was kind of the start of it. And I was like, I felt stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, like I grew up, like I said, in, in a religious home. But it was, I didn't, you know, the, what I knew was the, the fire and brimstone Baptist stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Or the, uh, and the... Um, Most of us are learning it for the first time again, right? It's in, true. A, in a new way. Like it's a, it's the first time, like... yeah. Like, yeah. I, cause I had, like I had, like I say, I had the, the fire and brimstone stuff for, mm-hmm. for years and I had the, you know, you don't drink, smoke and chew and hang around with girls that do and you mm-hmm. don't do any of that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, I had no idea of, and, but I, there was some re- real good people along the way over the years when my, I was going with my folks to, to church and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that were, you know, they, they talked about grace and, and they talked about forgiveness and they talked about that kind of stuff. And, and so I had a bit of an understanding, but not too much of one. Yeah. But when I really started working the program is where it all really started to make sense to mm-hmm. me, you know? Um, yeah. Cause like I said, for me, that book saved my life. And it's, it's, a, it, for me, the, it's a design for living. Like I, you know, I know this isn't a, an AA podcast yeah. or anything, but it's a, but it's me, your podcast, man. <laughs> yeah. It's your episode. So you just say what you need to say. Oh, well, God couldn't would if he were sought and I sought him. There you, go. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I firmly believe that the program of recovery is to bring us into a right relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And I'm not perfect at it by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, I'm the furthest thing from perfect at it, but I, I try. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's been tough, like over the last year and a bit, 14 months with, mm-hmm. without meetings and fellowship and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and I hate the zoom thing. I cannot stand it. You know, I've tried to, and I've tried to hit a couple of meetings in the last year and it's just like, there's nobody there, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, it's tough, but they're picking up now though. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, up. we got the exemption at the end of last year, I think. Yeah. And so now it's, it seems like it's still not what it was. Obviously. No. Obviously. Well, you remember how it used to be. We used to go to meetings and there'd be standing know, room only sometimes. Standing room only. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and that's the thing too, is that, it, that the, this last 14 months has been really hard on the recovery mm-hmm. community. Yeah. A lot of people have gone back out, right? And, and Lots of people aren't here anymore. And not here anymore. Yeah. Like, and that's, I see, and that's the thing is I see more and more of that. And, you know, my wife, she's a, 
you know, quote unquote normie. Like mm. she's just, she doesn't have a problem with alcohol or drugs or any of that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, I tell her, I'm like, Oh, I, you know, somebody I used to know passed away. Oh, how, from what? And I'm like, well, you know, from the disease, mm. you know? And she's like, Oh, that sucks. And she understands it. Right. Like she, and she's super supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, a, uh, you know, uh, for me, it was, it was those rooms that in the initial first few, well, the first year or two, first two years, I had a lot of meetings. Mm-hmm. Like I, I did, and every, every meeting, like NACAA, yeah. you know, <laughs> everything, mm-hmm. you know, I was hitting them all just because I wanted my life to be saturated by that because mm-hmm. I didn't know and I wanted the knowledge and listen to people and, and, uh, and still to vent and get stuff off my chest and, yeah. and learn and, and whatever, but you know, and it's been, uh, yeah, it's, I gained a lot of, um, uh, a lot of knowledge, good and bad, I'd mm-hmm. say, um, over the, over the course of those first couple of years and seeing a lot of people come in and out and all mm-hmm. the stuff. And, you know, I remember when I was in first in the recovery center I was in, they said, look to the left, look to the right, you know, not all of you are going to make it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I believe, well, I know for a fact, uh, the guy that was on my left isn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. The guy that was on my right, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard or seen Heidner or him in years. Right? Yeah. And even like a lot of those guys that were in that same room that I was in that day, the first week, a lot of them aren't around, yep. you know? And for me, that was just that kind of, that, that made me, I, I always liken that back to a military term. I, always, I planted my flag and I wasn't going to retreat beyond that point. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where, that's where I made my stand. I'm not going back there, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, that was actually one of the things with one of the sponsees. I, when I said that, it, it actually, that was one thing that broke through to me. He's like, mm-hmm. I get it now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's where you cannot go past beyond. Yeah, you got to have a bottom line somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah. your starting point. You can't go behind your starting point otherwise you're losing ground i said you don't want to lose any ground mm-hmm. you know and I've, I've been blessed over the years to you know to have great sponsorship mm-hmm. um you know I'm looking obviously at... you've had great sponsors right like, obviously obviously <laughs> on a sidebar dave was my sponsor <laughs> <laughs> you've had some difficulty with sponsors too but we won't talk about that I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but like seriously, uh, you and I like we don't and we don't talk as often as as we used no, to. No, because you're yeah you're busy though, man. Well, and, and so life are changes. You. Like, yeah. And you're busy. We're both busy. Life and, you changes. Know, and we we both know that when the proverbial shit hits the fan, the phones are there, right? Of course. And uh, you know it's been like it's been a hell of a ride. I tell you, like I just I sit there and look at and I, I'd go. Well, you remember years ago when when we sat across from the the church up at. Uh, off of 14th there and chatted in the par- in the park mm. about or by Scarborough there yeah yeah all that stuff that was going on at the time mm-hmm. I was like I don't know what to do man and I'm like I just I just got to get out of town mm-hmm. so I went home yeah I left the city I just I, I had to get out of, I get out away from everything mm-hmm. because I was in a in a in a bad place in a relationship mm-hmm. and I was in and things were just sideways and I was just like I just need to take some time and get out of here yeah and luckily work was you know gracious enough to be like just take some time go mm-hmm. get out of here go away for go away for a little while and it was I a good gone. decision man it was like yeah. it, it from a mental health yep and it, that's i get back it. to your heart right get back to what was important to yeah. you yeah and i did i went yeah. back to the country and yep. and you know it was i needed that and and I, i've become a big 
uh, advocate uh, for mental health over the years because mm-hmm. that's it's it's so important, right? Um, and I look at it and go, well, because I've been there where my mental health was so um, shattered, mm-hmm. right? And you know, not to say that my mental health is a picture perfect, you know, now, but but that's not what we're judging mental health on, right? No, there's like there's no such thing as perfect mental health. No, yeah, no. But you know, like, I don't think anyway. But I don't think so. Not, no, I've never met anybody with perfect mental health. Yeah. Anyways, right? Yeah. It seems like a very far-reaching um, idea, but yeah. yeah, like even like even if you're sainted, I don't think your mental health is is good. Yeah, I know. Perfect, it, right? it raises a lot of questions. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's you know I, I look at it and go like, from where my mental health was to mm-hmm. you know and like I, I look at it and go from my upbringing. Uh, like the, the abandonment issues that I had mm-hmm. growing up, right? Uh, so that was one of my biggest things. And man, that took a lot of work to, to work through. Because mm-hmm. I've done work on mental health mm-hmm. as I've been in recovery, right? I've gone and talked to counselors and I've mm-hmm. talked to, you know, um, therapists, psychologists mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, just because it, I felt it was necessary. Mm-hmm. And, I, and for me, that was the stuff I wouldn't, I didn't want to bring into the rooms of AA because... Mm-hmm. they're not the people that are in the rooms aren't therapists and psychologists mm-hmm. and they can't deal with your PTSD stuff. They can't deal with your abandonment issue stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they've been through it themselves, they're still not qualified to help you. No, no. Right? And that, I, I, I saw, mean, they might be qualified in some sense to give some peer support, but, Yes, but to actually do the intensive therapy, that's not what it's for. It's not what it's for. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of times too is like from, and what I've learned over the years too is, in, in the rooms, we're there to talk about the solution. You want to, you have other stuff you want to talk about, then you go to, you go to outside the, help outside. You go, yeah. But, or if you want to talk with somebody about something at the meeting, you go, mm-hmm. you go to Danny's. Yeah. You know, yep. you sit in Danny's and you chat or Smitty's and you sit and chat there right. over coffee. The meeting right? after the meeting. Yeah. And I, man, I did a lot of meetings after the meeting. Same here. Loved them. And, yep. and that's where I got a lot of, a lot of good stuff out of. Right. Um, but it's, you know, the process of, of, of working those steps, man. Like I tell you, when I f- sat down with my step one mm-hmm. and first wrote it out, <laughs> it was wow, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, you know, two and three and, um, like, it, when, I, when I finally got to that spot, it was a couple weeks in and I was getting to my third step the obsession to drink and drug was gone mm-hmm. and it's never come back. You know, there's been times when it's like, Oh, you get so frustrated. It's like, yeah. man, I go take a drink. Mm-hmm. But that cravings never come back. Yeah. Again. That obsession yeah. that, you know, none of that's ever come back again. And people who don't understand what a craving is might not understand the difference. They might not understand the difference between thinking about a drink and craving a drink. Right. Because there's a huge fucking difference. Huge. <laughs> yeah. Cause when you're craving a drink, you'll do anything. And go over anybody to get to that drink. Fucking amen. Right? Like yeah. you'll, yeah, like, yeah, the, and that's, that's the thing. I, I was listening to uh, one of my favorite speakers on a speaker tape the other day. Um, and sorry, but it wasn't you. And, uh, <laughs> no. Dude, I am not, I am so glad I'm not your favorite speaker. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Because if I am, you might be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Still mentally unwell. <laughs> no, uh, no. I'm As kidding. if I'm not. No, no, I meant me. <laughs> oh, well, I can't comment on your unwellness. That's I can, o- I can only content <laughs> comment on mine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was listening to my one of my favorite speakers the other day, and, we, and he was talking about, uh, you know, the, the, the three the threefold disease, mm-hmm. right? 
the obsession of the mind, the allergy of the body, and, and the spiritual malady of it all. And, like, yeah, that, like, the obsession of the mind and then the allergy of the body, like, the, the, when that mm-hmm. allergy kicks in, sometimes you can stave it off with one or two drinks, mm-hmm. right? And then other times, you're, you're gone. Yeah. And, like, my, my guys at work all sit there and go, well, you can have just one, can't you? And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-uh. You know, this was years ago before they really knew that I, where I, where I stood on it all. Mm-hmm. And because I still go to the Christmas parties, I still mm-hmm. go to the, all the functions and stuff. And, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't not go, mm-hmm. right? Well, I could not go. I well, guess. you don't want to stop living, right? Like no. that's part of our trouble, right? Is, yeah. Is that yeah. we stop living and stop yeah. doing the things that make life livable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Christmas parties and, yeah. and stampede things and, you know, like when I, like I went to a, a rodeo a few years, a couple of years ago when they were still having rodeos and uh, went to the, the, the dance, the cabaret. Mm-hmm. And I'm there and I'm having fun and doing everything else. And everybody's like, oh, here, you want one of these? No, I'm good. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Well, how come? Oh, that's asshole juice. Mm-hmm. What? I said, yeah, I, you, you don't want to see me when I have one of those because I'll have one and there's not enough that you got in all the tubs and behind the bar. And I said, you guys will be out of booze. Mm-hmm. They look at me and go, what? I'm like, yeah, I, I can't stop. And you'll be dealing with an asshole. <laughs> yeah, like, and there'll be fights, yeah. and there'll be this, and there'll be that, yeah. and, you know, like, it, yeah, it's, it's just terrible, right? And that's the thing, is now I go do stuff, and I have fun, and I remember mm. it all, and I go, and I, because, like, man, I was a blackout drinker every yeah. time. Every time. You know, like, I, and that was, I, I drank to, to make myself feel right, mm-hmm. you know? And those of us who know, know what that means. Mm-hmm. I drank to make myself feel right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd go beyond feeling right, you know, and I... And yeah. even that was right. Even that was right. Yeah, even that was right. <laughs> even feeling wrong was right because it was drunk. Yeah. And I didn't have to deal, on, it yep. was the, I didn't have to deal with anything at the, at the moment until mm-hmm. the next day. And then it was like, oh, for, what did I do now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, crap. Mm-hmm. Why is my car parked up on the lawn? You know, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whatever. And that's like. not my car, actually. Yeah, that's the whose car is parked on my. How lawn? did I park that car on Why my? Why is the door lawn? open? And who's, how come I got the keys? You yeah. know, like whatever. <laughs> the case might have been. Right? What a but, shit show, hey. Oh, like, and that's the thing is, I I look back and I can laugh at all mm. that stuff now. You know, like I can talk to my buddies from high school. I'll talk to a few of them, and they sit there and they go, "Remember this?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure mm. do." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm like. Do I, do I owe you an amends for anything over that? <laughs> yeah, I got to think about it for a second. Have we talked much mm. in the last 10 years? You know, but, and that's the thing is like getting to the spot where you can just live right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and I think that, I think one of the important parts of your story anyway, that I'm aware of, mm-hmm. and this is just one of them, is that decision you made to go back home. Mm-hmm. It allowed you to, it opened things up for you to be yourself. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that you didn't have to live up to what other people thought you should be or whatever it was that you were living up to. Right. Yeah. Because I sensed the difference almost immediately, like when you went. Right. Yeah. 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 Because you and I were in quite a, like in, in heavy contact mm-hmm. for a while when I was out there because yeah. I, I had no. Well, I went out there and I, I stayed in a, a trailer, mm-hmm. uh, my buddy's property, like a, a holiday trailer, and I. You know, I, I kept in contact with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked and my, like, and I wasn't even staying like my, my folks. Mm-hmm. I was just at a buddy's place. He's like, take my holiday trailer, stay there. And you know, I was in contact with you and a couple of the people in AA mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah. Like I just needed to, and I, I spent a lot of time in, um, in, with my thoughts mm-hmm. in prayer and meditation. Um, and one night, man, I remember I walked outside in the middle of this field 
And I looked up, and God and I had a conversation. Mm. Well, I yelled and screamed and kicked the dirt and, and everything else and, and pulled up grass with my bare hands mm. and, and screamed and cried, and God listened, mm. you know. And I remember walking back into that holiday trailer, and I'm dirty and I'm filthy and I'm crying and doing all the stuff. And, you know, I have my two, my two cats that, I, that I've had for years with me, and they're both looking at me going, what the fuck is wrong with Dad? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and they're sniffing going, you're dirty and you, you smell like cortisol, you're stressed, like mm-hmm. what's going on here? You know, and uh, yeah, now it was just, that, that was, that was a, a huge turning point for me because I came back from that, mm-hmm. and that was the start of me being myself again. Yeah. It really was. Like, you know, it was, uh, I, because I, the first few years of my recovery, I didn't know who I was. You know, and I was, I was still very, my, my mental health was still not great mm-hmm. in my first few years of recovery. Um, it does take a lot of time for it, it to did. balance. Yeah. It, it does. Or it yeah. can, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when I went and did that, I was what, five? Must have been about that. Five years? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like it took five years for me to get, get to a spot where I was finally feeling myself again, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and there, there I was, you know, and I came back and I, I moved to the south part of the city and cause I still didn't have my license back yet. Mm-hmm. And it was, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I, I, and I got back into work and doing my thing mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, and it was shortly thereafter that I met my, my now wife. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, the gifts of, of, of doing the deal, mm-hmm. you know, of, of working on myself and getting through all the things I got through. Um, to get to, you know, where I was a couple, three years ago when I first met Allison, my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because then I started, I had a confidence in myself. I, mm-hmm. I knew who I was and I knew what I wanted and I knew what the things that mattered to me, family mm-hmm. and, you know, my recovery and, and, and the things that, that I really wanted in life was, yeah. you know, a family of my own and, mm-hmm. and uh, a home and, you know, yeah. a vehicle and the, all the things, right? So. And like jumping through the hoops to get my license back and to get mm-hmm. a truck. Holy smokes, what a jump, what a jump that was. But you know, there I was, I, I mm-hmm. did it all, you know? And, uh, yeah, I remember we, I met Allison for the first time. We went on our first date and, uh, we sat in there in Tim Hortons and Shaughnessy for mm-hmm. four or five hours and chatted, you know, mm-hmm. like, a, and it was, it's just like, and I knew right then and there, I was like, she's it. Mm-hmm. She's the one. You know, there's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind. Well, she definitely had a, a very distinct impact on you. Oh, huge. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it was... I don't think you'd been treated that like that well by a woman your entire life. Never. That's no. what, That was the impression I got. Right? You know, like, you're totally right. Yeah. You're totally right. You know, like... Uh, and we have so much in common, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have our differences, but we, we have a lot in common. And yeah. we share the same goals and values and we want a lot of the same things and mm-hmm. you know we we you know we're married now since september and before then we've always been talking about what we're going to do and striving mm-hmm. to put a life together and you know like we she, mm. you know we you know we had we we had the the brag creek marriage certificate before we even had the marriage certificate which is we yeah. got our brand together right we have oh, our okay. brand and, yeah and you know we're both pretty proud of that it's on mm-hmm. the sign at the end of the driveway and you know it's what's uh, the brand what is it what's the symbol you Where's got it there? Keys? Oh, right 
<laughs> Just toss it over here, man. <clears throat> I'm attached. Oh, okay, man. So it's the backwards B. So that way, there you go. Yeah. B C. Yeah. So like that. Yeah. With the roof, with the half diamond over top. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So yeah, we got. Congrats. You know, yeah. Cattle brand. You got like a, a rancher's wedding ring right there. That's pretty much what that is. Yeah. Because cool. both of our names are on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I know it's, uh, you know, when we eventually we like to, because we're starting to start running some cattle this this or this mm -hmm. year and and just, you know, life is coming together and she's, she knows it's always been a dream of mine to have my yeah. own, my own, you know, cattle herd and mm -hmm. start ranching a little bit on my own and doing things and, and she is so supportive, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, but yet holds me accountable to all my stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's an important part of having like a healthy relationship, right. Oh. Is being able to question each other and, yeah. and not be afraid to do that. Right. Well, and, and have conversations respectfully. Yep. Right. And we, and that's what I've learned is how to have a respectful conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I would, I would, I would credit the rooms into teaching me that. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I, I would, know, absolutely. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, uh, and so she and I, and we're like open books, right? Mm -hmm. We talk, we talk things through. Um, and that's, and it's weird for me to have um, someone as supportive as that yeah. and have those respectful conversations, but have the hard conversations too. Mm -hmm. Because like, you know, like any, like, well, I totally screwed up on my finances when I was out drinking mm -hmm. and drugging. Uh, it's only been the last year that I've got everything all ironed out part clear and clear yeah. up right I've got a couple little things here and there that I got to do but mm -hmm. other than that like and it, that's taken 10 years yeah to get my stuff cleared up right mm -hmm. and that's that's the thing and I remember you and I talked years ago and you're like man it takes time yep. just take it easy you know it takes whatever time it takes man it does yeah like yeah. getting credit cards back and getting mm -hmm. a loan for a truck and getting all the you know all the stuff like it, it mm -hmm. just it just takes time you know yeah. and uh that's that's, and that's the greatest gift you have when you stick around is you have the time, mm -hmm. you know? And I, like I said, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I could, you yeah. know, get struck by a bus or whatever, right? Totally, man. And, and I, I just look and go for myself, have I done the best I can today mm -hmm. to be everything I can be for those around me and, and to be a better version of myself, mm -hmm. right? And uh, some days I fail completely. Mm-hmm. Some days I do pretty good. Yeah. You know, but the day, and the days I fail completely, I just go, okay. Mm -hmm. Then I got to make my amends. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, even mm -hmm. today, even today, the wife and I were having a conversation. I said, you know what? Sorry. I didn't understand what was being said at first. I said, I wasn't trying to come all across as gruff. I said, but you know, I just, I didn't understand where you were coming from in that. Mm -hmm. And she and so we had a conversation over that. She's like, oh no, no, I, you know, I didn't say this. And, this. Mm -hmm. and we talked those things through. Like we've never... We have never raised our voice to one another hmm. in the last three years. Yeah. You know, um, and God willing, I never will because I never want to, you know, inflict hurt upon her ever mm. in my life. Um, you know, and she said the same thing too. She goes, I never want to do that with you either. Mm. I'm like, good. Because I'd probably make me cry. Well, I mean, you know what's interesting is that, I mean, sometimes voices get raised and stuff. That shit happens, right? Yep. But, yeah, the, yeah. but the idea of just starting off from a place of respect is pretty good. Yeah. Just the idea, right, of saying, when we enter into this stuff, I'm going to do my best not to raise my voice. Yeah. Right? I'm going to do my best. Um, like, things that I tell myself regularly are, I'm not going to um, be mean, unnecessarily. Like, I'm just not. 
I'm yeah. not going to say cruel things that don't need to be said, right? I don't give a shit how true they are or how true I think they are, right. um, which is the key. I yeah, should rephrase that's how that. I think, how I think right? they are. Yeah. How I think they are. Um, and that has like no relevancy. What has relevancy is, do I, do I tell you that I love you? And if I do, then I'm going to do my best to have conversations with you about everything respectfully. Yeah. And as best we can, right? Like yeah. not, nothing perfect, but like just starting from that point of respect, yeah. right? And that's, and for myself, I, that's where I've learned over the years is where I've tried to come from with just about everything, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and granted, I can be a bit of a stubborn, hard ass. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes I know I'm right and I'm right. <laughs> Damn it, don't you know that I've got, you know, but, but, you know, I also got to learn sometimes and even and what, what I've learned, uh, especially in the last couple of years with, you know, with having the relationship I do and then having my stepdaughter and everything else is to mm. take a breath. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you thought of it this way? Mm-hmm. Maybe we could do this instead, mm-hmm. you know, and Man, it's it's a it's a process, but like, uh, and I love those girls, my wife and stepdaughter. They're mm-hmm. Like, they're the they're my they're the world to me, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, just like I say, coming at everything with respect and mm-hmm. and caring and love towards mm-hmm. them has taught me how to do that, uh, to carry that to the outside where I am too, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and some like and it, like I said, it's tough because sometimes when I'm on a job site, mm-hmm. I've got to be hard on the guys mm-hmm. and so I'll, I'll be gruff and then after they i'll pull them aside and be like hey look mm-hmm. this is how you know you, you okay sorry i came across as this but you know this is what we got to do blah 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 yeah and it's like oh okay and I, i'm not even a foreman anymore i just go and work on the job sites but sometimes mm-hmm. i you know get in my head that this is how it's got to be done and sometimes i'm right and sometimes i'm wrong and if i'm wrong i'll admit it you know like mm-hmm. that's another thing AA's taught me or the you know the the program's taught me if you're wrong, admit it, dude, right away. It's the easiest way. Oh. <laughs> like it's, the, it's the path of least resistance, right? Like it really is because what people look at as the resistance is the external. Mm-hmm. What they forget to realize when you lie, you take it all inside. Yep. And you keep it all inside. So all your effort is inside as to trying to keep that going. Yeah. As opposed to just saying whatever the fuck it is, which is harder than it sounds sometimes, for sure. Yep. But when we say it, it's over. It is, yeah. Like, the, the struggle's over once it's out there. Now yeah. you just have to deal with whatever consequences come. Well, and I find with people uh, that it, once I admit that I was wrong or I was a little bit too whatever in the mm-hmm. situation, um, I find that people are, like, especially the guys that I'll work with mm-hmm. or, you know, my family or whatever, um, that it's... The, the, the respect factor for them goes up, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, it just to me, it seems like it, and it just seems like it, it helps with their view of you of, holy crap, he admitted he was wrong. Of course it helps. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those things that we never were, we were never told exactly how much it'll help us. No. By connecting to each other when we're honest, right? About yeah. our mistakes and shit like that. Yeah. 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 And, you know, there's a few young guys at work who I like to pass little things of wisdom on to and, and everything mm. else about life and, and whatever. And, uh, they're, they're, they're good dudes. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I like to, um, they'll ask someone, I'll be like, ah, you know, this is, this is what it is. Or, or I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, really? And I, and I sometimes 
wondering, I'm like, why are you asking me? And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm like 22 or 24 years older than you are. Yeah, because you're old now. <laughs> you know, like, not, not really, but it's like... Every, well, you are. Yeah. To a 20-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, to a 20-year-old, you're old, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. And you know shit. Yeah, right? apparently. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, I'm the fucking old dude, too, now, man. Yeah. And it's not fun all the time. No. Right? It's like... Darcy's the old man, too. Like, even though he's not that old, like, he looks like a wizard with the fucking beard, right? I love so, the Gandalf beard, man. Like, I know. I, I was almost just wanted to, like... Touch it? I know. It. It's oh, so I, tempting. I, so I, tempting. I, 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 I've learned to be reserved. If it wasn't for COVID, I'd be napping in that beard. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like a kitten. I'd be like a kitten. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make some biscuits. <laughs> yeah, I need to know. <laughs> We're making him blush. He is blushing. That's pretty fantastic. <laughs> He's like, you guys are assholes. Yeah. Well, it's even better now that I get to see him only every couple of weeks because they moved to Le- he moved to Lethbridge. So oh, okay, I got to yeah. get my stuff in. Like, right? Yep. We have a short period of time. And I won't see you again for a couple of weeks. Yep. I'll be sad. And then I'll just pick up where we left off. <laughs> yeah, it's a sign of a good friendship. Pick up. Where I we think left so. Off. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's like um, my best friend and I. We chat all the time. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we pick up where we leave off. Like I, he, I go to his farm and help him calve and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And we just, we just do our thing, right? And we pick up where we leave off. And you know, it's uh, we've been like, well, shoot, him and I have been friends. Well, I'm 42, and him and I have been friends since we were, I'd say, 36 years. Wow, man. It's a long time. Yeah. 36-year friendship mm-hmm. already, right? And we're only in our 40s, early 40s. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I was ta- telling my, my kiddo about that, and my buddy Troy and I were out there. We are doing some calving work with him, and uh, he looked, and he goes, it's really unusual. He goes, but you know what? I like this bugger. Mm-hmm. He's like a brother. And he's already got two brothers. Mm-hmm. He goes, but he's like my brother. He goes, like, and him and I, we can... And him and him and I have had some knockdown dragout fights over mm-hmm. the years, right? And uh, had times of not talking and everything else. But yep. here we are in our, you know, and our families mesh well. Mm-hmm. Like his his family, wife and kids, and my wife and and step and daughter mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We everybody just meshes well. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're one of those people, right? And That's it's, awesome. It's cool. Man. You know, it sucks that they're an hour drive door to door, hour and fifteen minutes or whatever yeah. it is, but. We make the best of the time we get to spend together. Like we haven't had that much time to spend together, you know. But it's but a like, gift. It's a gift to have friends like that, man. Oh, it totally is, yeah, right? It's a gift. And it's one of those people that if you call in the middle of the light, mm-hmm. you'd answer the phone. Yeah. Right. And vice versa, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I was telling him while I was coming on here, he's like, "You got to send me that one. It's done." <laughs> I think we're three weeks out, right, yeah. for this one? Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, like I say, like uh, the. I don't know. Uh, so, kind of, that's my story, dude. Like, right I, on. I went and did. You know, I. It was it was a lot of dark years, and then you know now I've been doing uh, sober and clean and sober since 2011, and you know mm-hmm. life just progressively has gotten better. Like I say, the first five years of recovery were pretty shaky, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. But then, like I say, it was the where I was around, and and I wasn't. I, I thought I was looking after myself, but I wasn't really looking after myself, and, mm-hmm. you know, and like when you and I did that set of steps a few years ago, like yeah. it, it was that, like that was, I, ne- I needed it then, mm-hmm. you know, and I was actually thinking about it the other day, and I'm like, it's probably just about time to do another set here again, it's been a while, right? It's not going to hurt you. No, God, no, yeah. no, right? And uh, yeah, I just sit there and I look at it and go, where, where life was and where life is now and can go mm-hmm. being in 
uh, you know, being a clean, sober, huber, clean, sober individual, and and working, you know, the program, and and like I say, the last fourteen months has has been, really been um, the spiritual side of the program, mm-hmm. my connection with a higher power, and and trying to do the things that way and a lot of internal looking again yeah. because there's been no you can't really do the external with meetings and stuff like that mm-hmm. and like i said i hate the freaking zooms i, I can't stand it it's just, mm-hmm. for me it's not a thing it's tricky man it's tricky for people yeah I get and it. our internet connection out in the country is terrible too so i would make it even worse man yeah. it's bad enough it, it can be tricky enough if you have a good internet connection yeah yeah and i yeah i just uh, the thing i missed this year was being able to take my my nine-year chip Mm-hmm. At, at my at, our, at my home group, right? Yeah. Because there was no, I didn't. Know Are you taking it this year? Well, I'll take my ten there this year. Yeah. 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 What oh, month? Yeah. What month is it? November. November. That's right. We should be. Oh, everything should be open up by. Then. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were saying last year. <laughs> yeah. Twenty twenty one's gonna be our year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. <laughs> well, I guess it is kind of our year. We're getting vaccinated. We're. I mean. Yeah. Eventually moving towards being vaccinated or having third arms grow out of our ass from the vaccination or Somebody whatever. Somebody asked me, yeah, how do you feel after the vaccination? I said, fine. It's just itchy where the tail's starting to grow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My tail's itchy. Because <laughs> I got some guys, man, that are total like anti-everything at work, yeah. right? And I'm just yeah. like, whatever. Like, it's my choice. Bug off. Well, and it's their choice, but the reality is eventually it's not going to be a choice you can make if you want to do stuff. Like, well, that's it. Because right. eventually this world is going to be like vaccination driven, at yeah. least for the next 10 years, like yeah. five, 10 years, right? Like, yeah. And it's, you know, I, and I get it, but, you know, like my, yeah. it's, it's like when my, my mom and dad were younger, it was the polio vaccine. Everybody yeah. had to get the polio vaccine. Everybody had to get the, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, you, you had to get it. Otherwise, you would die. You would like, die. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they did it. Yeah, that's why they did it. And yeah. like, same thing now. Like, I was listening to a guy this morning on the news about talking. He was, like, younger than us. Mm-hmm. And, like, a guru in the fitness world in Vancouver. And it just about took yeah. him out. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, healthy. It doesn't, because it doesn't matter, right? And I get, I get it. Like, the vaccinations always have a problem. There's yeah. always a part of that which is not going to be 100% safe and for yeah. everybody, right? Yeah. But what is? Nothing is 100% safe for everybody, right? Like, with the three of us, we could eat a donut, but someone else could come and eat a donut and die. Well, that's it. Right? So yeah. it's kind of like, does that mean donuts are unsafe? Well, no, but to that person, they're unsafe, right? Well, and, and it brings me back to the, to the, to the alcoholism, mm-hmm. right? People sit there and look at you and go, well, what do you mean you have an allergy to alcohol? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, like somebody has an allergy to shellfish. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They don't metabolize it the same way, and they yeah. get sick and just about die. Yeah. I drink alcohol. I get I get sick and or I I I don't metabolize the same and I don't like I I get sick yes but I also could just about kill somebody else because of my sick because the sick. kind of sick we get from that allergy is different than a seafood allergy yeah right yeah although there, there might be some similarities don't get me wrong Maybe. I'm sure some people drink and their throat closes up yeah but really what happens with our allergy is we get really fucked up yeah spiritually fucked up we don't get necessarily physically fucked up right away no although some of us have felt the symptoms early on of like the allergy yeah. and just kept drinking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Myself included. Yeah. Me guy. included. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like I say, it's a, I, the words that always resonate in my head when I is cunning, baffling, powerful. Cause mm-hmm. when you think he, like, and I never think I got this thing licked. I'm an alcoholic yeah. till the day I die. I can't, I can't even think that way. No, yeah. 
But, and like I was talking to my wife about it, and I says, well, this is, I was showing her, and I says, well, she goes, well, how did it come up? I can't remember. But anyways, because I, I, I said, she goes, well, how do you introduce yourself in a meeting? And I'm like, well, I'm Chris Barrett, a great recovered alcoholic. And she goes, recovered. I said, yeah, it's a very controversial way to say it. I said, but if you read mm-hmm. the beginning of the big book, we, the first 100 who have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. Mm-hmm. I said, and that's as recovered as you're going to get from that hopeless state of mind and body. Mm-hmm. I said, the obsession of drink and drug is gone. I'm recovered from alcoholism. And I'm recovered just for today. That's right. Because it can come back tomorrow. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's where he, it's, it's the daily reprieve. Yeah. Right? Contingent on the maintenance of your spiritual condition. Mm-hmm. And but that's why it's controversial. It is. Yeah. Right? But I'm, and that's where I remember somebody pulled me aside after meeting one time and they said something about that. And I said, have you read the book? Mm-hmm. I said, because it, it says 26 times in the first four chapters, it says recovered. Mm-hmm. What happens, what happens though, it's that it's like, it's like that, uh, it's in the book, but it's not what's preached. Right. So it's kind no. of like the Bible, the Bible can be misconstrued. So too can the big book of AA, True. right? Like where, and then you get what I think what really gets in the way of newcomers with it is that they'll hear someone misuse it. Right. Right. They'll yeah. misuse the term. Yeah. Or it's someone who is a piece of, like, who is a shitty human, and they say they're recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body, and everybody in the room goes, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, sure you are. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And it, 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 again, it's not about that person who says it. It's about the fact that we are going to look at personalities. There's no question. We're going to notice the loudest voice in the room. We're yep. going to notice the person who talks with the most certainty or the most confidence, right? Like those yeah. kinds of things we're going to notice. And sometimes when it's the person that you see struggling the most, say they're recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body, you go, no, you're not. Yeah. Like you're not. Like really, if if you leave here and you go steal shit and hurt people and do those things, you're not recovered from fuck all. No. You're basically sober. That's, yeah. Right? Yeah. That white knuckle in it kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that those are the things that, Throw people off, I think. I, you know, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, for 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 the ones, and that's that's the thing is like, for the ones who are, and who have, you know, got themselves into a state or a not a state, but mm-hmm. into a a long term um, place of recovery or mm-hmm. in recovery uh, that have been working a program, mm-hmm. have been working with others, and doing all the stuff, you know. Uh, and like I say, recovered is that hopeless state of, of, of mind and body. So you're not, you know, doing all the shit you mm-hmm. used to do and you're working a program still and you're mm-hmm. trying to do what you can to help others and you're not, you know, you're not enabling and you're not doing all the other other kind of stuff mm-hmm. that would that would make keep you sick. Mm-hmm. There you're recovered. But like I say, it's, yeah. just, it's for today. And I think what you just said there, like, just totally blew my mind open. It's, it's like that's just for each person to determine. It right? is. Like, yeah. And I think that's the key is like, whether I agree with someone saying that is irrelevant to my point. Yeah. Because right? I don't know what they're really like. Yeah. Right. Or what their life is like. And you just described a lot of the things that would, that I would have no idea about someone else. Yeah. Right. And yeah. they would have no idea about me. Right. And so yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. I, and I think that, uh, mind you, over the years, I've cared less and less what people say, because it's like, that's fine. If it works for you, great yeah say what you need to say do what you need to do if it helps you stay sober and clean and get better then just do that yeah 
whether I agree or even believe you is irrelevant. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's well, important, and, I think. Well, and, and like, you know, being around for a while, you know, I've seen mm. it, it all come through the doors of the mm. room and, and, for and sure. leave as well. Yeah. Right. And uh, like, I look at it and go, like some people, I, I just, yeah, if that's what, if that's what you want to believe, mm. that's, you're going to stay clean and sober day, then that's, hold on to that yeah. day. Yeah, because who are we to take that away from someone? You can't. Right? Yeah, right? it's not our job. I can, yeah. and if they ask my opinion, I can give it to them. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean they're going to use it or, or even sometimes that it's right. Yeah. You know, I don't believe, you know, I don't take take myself with a, you know, a grain of salt because I could change my mind tomorrow. Dude, rule 62, brother, because I'll tell you, through the years, things have changed. What I know to be true has changed. What I know to be false has changed. Like, yeah. Keep an open mind as much as we can, I think, is the best thing I can do. Right? I totally like, agree. Yeah, because, yeah. well, like you say, it, it, open mind and, yeah, not taking myself too seriously mm -hmm. and, not, and not beating the shit out of myself when I make a mistake. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a big thing because I'm, I'm the worst, my worst critic. Yeah. You know? Um, it's when we turn that, that critic on other people that's really demonic, oh. right? Yeah. It can be so bad. Like, yeah. And that's where I can be hurtful. Yeah, to me people, too. Right? Yeah. And I, I really got to try to watch that. Like, mm -hmm. and so there's times that I'll, I just, I like I say, sometimes the better thing is, is to not say anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do that. I try to practice that as best as I can. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> sometimes muttering under my breath. Um, but sometimes it's like, I can't stop the muttering. Oh. It's like automatic. <laughs> 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 yeah. Right. But at the it's same like time, it's like, just stop it. Just, oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm bad at it, but. You know, like I say, it's where where I'm at now in life is, is I'm like, and I know for a fact, I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm never going to stop learning, I hope. Well, I'll tell you, man, if it's like anything like the journey I've been on, you'll just keep learning more and more as time Good. goes on. Yeah. Good. You yeah. know, like I, yeah. Because like, I know less now than I did 10 years ago. Much less. Oof. Because I've learned more. So I know right. how, how little I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good. Okay, yeah. good. I hope I get there too. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I think I, I, I just think it's part of the process. I agree. Yeah. Part of the, yeah. pro well, it is like it, it, it is a process because yeah. you have to get to the one spot of, you know, like, cause there was a few years ago where I thought I knew, mm -hmm. you know, yep. uh, when I was, cause I remember, what was that? Yeah. Five years ago mm -hmm. or, or more five years ago, I was Man, I was doing the speaker circuit around the city. Mm -hmm. I was sought after to come speak. I was doing here and there mm -hmm. and da, 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 all over the place, treatment centers and mm -hmm. you name it. And I thought I was the king shit. Mm -hmm. But yet, at the same time, my life was falling apart at home. Right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was like, so what was I, what was I doing? I had, I had no right. But that's a good point. That's a good thing to say, though, because it's true. We all think we have a right. Yeah. When we think our life is good and we know this stuff... We focus on that outside stuff and we forget that our insides are fucked up. Yeah. Right. And you're not the only one who gets through, goes through, who went through that. Right. And lots of times it takes people back out. Yeah. Which is, I think why sometimes it's, well, why it's one of the reasons why it's important to be very careful about how vocal we are about what we know. Mm -hmm. Right. Because what I've seen that do to people through the years is take them back out. Yeah. When they wake up one day and realize, holy fuck. Yeah. Like, and that's that taking ourselves too seriously again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you keep whatever you want to say. Would you have anything else you want to talk about, man? Cause, like any pearls of wisdom? Or yeah. Something do you have any what? pearls of wisdom for people that are listening out there? Something that maybe would have helped you? Oh, man, I don't know. 
You've said a lot of pearls of wisdom, though. Have I? Oh, yeah, for okay. sure you have. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I didn't feel like I said much, but uh, I, yeah. An I, hour I, and 20 minutes worth of wisdom, dude. <laughs> I, 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 I prayed before I got here, man. I'm like, just let God speak through me and let me tell my story and be as you know, honest and forthcoming as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't oh. know. Is there, is there anything that you, you want me to... Not at all. Cover or like any questions you might have about what where what Not was like all, what happened what it's like now I don't know like man I I think we talked about it yeah yeah and I yeah. mean if you had if you had something like one of the, one of the things I think about is like what did I need right because I I don't know what you need and I don't know what Darcy needs but I I definitely remember what I needed mm-hmm. and so what I try to give to people is that because yeah. until they tell me what else they need right and so um, if there's anything that you wanted to say about that if you were talking to yourself when you were still in that dark place trying to crawl out of that fucking hole. You know, uh, thinking back to that, those times, mm-hmm. it's, it still takes my breath away sometimes mm-hmm. to think about, like, that's why I just had to do that big, because oh, um, it's, it's, it's the, the, that pain is something that, like, I don't ever want to forget it because that's mm-hmm. what's, what's there. Um, I don't live in that anymore, which is good. Um, but I remember it and for anybody that's out there and struggling and, and, and wanting to get this or, or has in, been in this for a long time and mm-hmm. still struggling with whatever, just hold on, man. There's tons of us out here, out here that will talk to you, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm always up to, for coffee with another alcoholic or going for a hike or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like, man, that's, and that's one of the things too, is, is over the years, the last few years, especially like getting out and going hiking, mm-hmm. staying active and doing my thing and. You know, and me working with animals and stuff like that too, mm-hmm. is, I find that strongly therapeutic um, because I, I find I learn a lot about myself working yeah. with, with animals, right? And, and you know, learning about myself in a family dynamic. Because mm-hmm. um, I, never, I never thought I'd have a family, yeah. to be honest. You know, I never thought I'd have one. But if, if just keep doing the things that are, that the next right thing to do is always, like, and that's, I, I've held on to that from the start. Mm-hmm. Just always move. Do the, do the next right thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, you'll get through whatever's going on. Uh, and it's not easy, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's worth it, but not easy, yeah. you know. I haven't made, you know, what would it be over nine and a bit years now. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been easy. Worth it? Every absolute minute of it. It's mm-hmm. been worth it. It's been, it's been tough. Like, I've lost friends. I've lost, you mm-hmm. know, whether they've passed on or whether I've had to distance myself from mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Um, friends in and out of the program both mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't healthy for me, right? Yeah. Um, and it's tough. But, you know, and that's where you have to have that self-care and self-love for yourself mm-hmm. to look after what you need to do for, for you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, like I say, if anybody's out there and struggling, man, somebody out there knows how to get a hold of me. Get yeah. a hold of me. I'm there for you. You know, I've sponsored quite a few people over the years and seen lots succeed and seen lots that mm-hmm. haven't. And, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's, it, it's worth it. The struggle yeah. to get through it all is, is worth it because like I say, you come out on the other side and you go, holy crap. And then mm-hmm. you look at the lessons and you look at the rewards that you come in that, you know, they don't come right away. Sometimes they come down the road, but it's all worth it. Like mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to ever in my mind go back to where I was before. Yeah. I wouldn't have any of the things that I like, and my wife says it too. If you were drinking or doing the things you used to do, we wouldn't be together. Mm-hmm. And she goes, if you start drinking, we're not going to be together mm-hmm. because she knows what kind of drunk I am. I've told her she's never seen it. And I hope to God she never does. Mm-hmm. But 
she says, if you ever start doing that again, mm. I'm out, like, you're, you're out of here. Yeah. And I'm like, 100%, honey, I, I get it. You know, because uh, people always ask, how are you when you drink? And I'm like, I'm the biggest fucking asshole you'd meet. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was an asshole. I f- like fights and you name it. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I wasn't the person, like now, who I am today, I like myself. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I, I, I have confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, that took a lot of time to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, five, six years to get to a state yep. of where I was comfortable in my own skin after getting sober mm-hmm. and after, you know, being, uh, getting into recovery it took five, six years before I was comfortable yeah. with who I was. It's time intensive, man. It is. Yep. And do it and putting the work in, Yep. like doing the steps and doing the outside stuff, the counselors and the therapists and, mm-hmm. and talking with the meeting after the meeting and, and doing all that stuff and going like, you know, uh, doing all that stuff. It, it made the difference. Mm-hmm. Like it really did because otherwise I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't do all that stuff, yep. you know? And not, it's not to say that there's still stuff to work on, because there yeah. still is. Like, I still got stuff to work on. Man, like, I I think about it, I'm like, oh, I really got to get, you know, uh, I want to improve my, you know, my, uh, what do you call it, um, employability or my, mm-hmm. my income where I can make more money. I want to mm-hmm. do that. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm working two jobs now. Like, I got, well, three, because I got our mm-hmm. ranch stuff that we do, and I've got my, my own business out south of Bragg Creek, I have my own stuff in my shop that I do for people. Mm-hmm. And then I'm working in the city. And it's like, I really want to work that hard all the time. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to make myself, you know, more mm-hmm. financially secure with not putting as many hours in like I yeah. did like that, right? Yeah, because three jobs gets to be a lot. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. the wife's the same way. Like, she works two to three as well. Like, mm-hmm. we both work really, yeah. really hard. And that's how we keep what we got, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, we don't. You know, I don't want to have to do that forever. So, like, that's where mm-hmm. it's, it's a continuous growth with all this stuff, right? Yeah. And, but, like, I, I I love the people who are in my life, mm-hmm. in, including the two gentlemen in this room. Right and, on. Uh, yeah, you know, and my friends that I have. Darcy's like, blushing again. Again, He's yeah, like, he I, said he loved me. Gruff little cowboy said he loves me. I think we just found the perfect spot to end it on. <laughs> <laughs> right? Darcy, Darcy, we love you. We love you. We love you, Darcy. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much, man. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate this opportunity. It was fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome, buddy. Our pleasure.